Well, we want to welcome you one more time. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, and there came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. And there was the true light which was coming into the world, enlightening every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him, did not receive him. But as many as received him, to him he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as, on, as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out saying, this was he whom I said, he who comes after me is higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is the, who is the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would open up our hearts that we would receive what the Spirit of the Lord would say to his church today. God, may we be reminded that you are the hope of glory that you are the hope within our hearts and the hope within our lives and the hope for this community. So, Father, we just pray that you would speak to us in a way that only you can, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you look good today. Y'all look sharp. Everybody got their Christmas best on today. When I read this story, I realize that if there's anything that we need in this world that we live in today is we need hope. We need the ability to understand that our life can be greater than it is in this moment and in this world that we live in. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or a deep theologian to watch the news and realize that this world that we're living in is in a mess. It doesn't take much understanding or deep knowledge to figure out that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. In my lifetime, I've seen truth go to a place that nobody knows what it is anymore. And that now we say things like, well, whatever, it is, whatever truth is to you or what's your truth 
or what's my truth. I want to tell you that there is one truth and we've got it within our hands today. It is he who became flesh and dwelt among us so that we might have hope in this sin sick world. I love what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're in this world. In other words, we're partakers of it. We're here, but we're not of this world. Why? Because we're just passing through. Our hope is not found in anything that we have in this place today. Our hope's not found in anything that you put around your Christmas tree. Our hope is found in the eternal God who wrapped himself in human form, gave his life for us so that we can be free from our sins and have a hope one day of stepping over into heaven to our heavenly reward. That's the hope that I'm looking for and that's the world that I'm living for. Not what I have in this world. Come on, somebody help me this morning. Sometimes we just need to get a different perspective about our life. And for those of us that know Jesus and for those of us that have Jesus in our hearts, we should understand that God is our hope even in the midst of trouble. In other words, we're not exempt from trouble. We're not exempt from problems. We're not exempt from the, from the, from the press and the stress of this life, but in the midst of it, we know that he's overcome the world, and because he's overcome the world, we can overcome the world. Come on, somebody help me this morning. I just want to stop by to help you gain a little perspective in your life. I went to the dollar store the other day, and the lady looked like she'd been sucking on lemons that was checking me out, and so I just wanted to bring a little good cheer, and I said, well, ma'am, I just, I, I just hope you have a good day today. God bless you, and she looked up at me like she was about to bite my head off, and, uh, and I said, are you not having a good day? And she goes, does it look like I'm having a good day? And I said, well, ma'am, you're on this side of the dirt. If you're breathing, you're having a good day. And sometimes I think we need to take a little bit of perspective about what's going on in our lives. Because if you take just a moment to look at other people around you, you'll find that there's other people that don't have a home today. There's no Christmas tree in their house. It's blown away somewhere. We need to get perspective, folks, and we need to begin to reflect the hope that Jesus has placed within our heart and within our life. I'm reminded of the story of a man who approached a little, be little league field, a little baseball field. Yes, perfect technology for where we're sitting. He walked up to the dugout, and the little boy was there, and he said, hey, what's the score? And he says, well, it's 18 to nothing. We're behind. And so the spectator said, well, I, I'll bet you're really discouraged. And he goes, why would I be discouraged? We hadn't even got to bat yet. And I'll tell you, I, just, I, I think sometimes we need to change the way that we look at things. A lot of times I find my theology in weird places, and one of my favorite places is the Peanuts cartoon. You can w learn some wonderful things about life. And so... Linus was there, he was throwing up the ball, and he was trying to hit it. He kept missing. And Lucy came along to say, Linus, what's your problem? You're horrible. You can't hit the ball. Every time you throw it up, you strike out. And he goes, yeah, I know. What a pitcher. I think sometimes we just need to learn to step back and look at it through the eyes of faith. Begin to step back and begin to take the word of God and apply it to what's going on in our circumstances and our situations that are going on around us. When I feel trouble, when I feel discouraged, I thank God that Jesus is my peace. 
and that he comforts me in all things. When I'm sick, I thank God that he's my healer. When I need direction, I thank God that he says that I can ask him for wisdom and he gives it to me freely. Sometimes we just need to get perspective and we need to find our hope that's channeled in Jesus. Sometimes in life, we just need a gentle reminder that there's better days ahead. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God has a good plan for us, a plan to give us a hope and a future. How many of you know that's the word of God? In other words, God has a plan for you. And that plan is bigger than you. I said that plan is bigger than you. And so no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you can rest assured that Jesus is going to get you to the other side. I'm reminded of the story of the disciples who were on the boat and they were traveling to the other side. And in that story, you find that Jesus was asleep at the ba- in the bottom of the boat. And the disciples were in a panic because they hadn't seen a storm like this. And you got to understand that these people were fishermen. They had been out on the seas. They understood what a storm was like, but they were in a panic and they were petrified. And notice the first thing they say to Jesus, wake up, Jesus, do you not even care? Do you not even care about what we're going through? And Jesus' response is, oh, ye of little faith. And he stood up and he said, peace be still. And the winds obeyed. And the Bible says that the disciples marveled that the winds obeyed him. But I want you to look at this story and learn a few things. Number one, Jesus was asleep because he had an assurance of the plan of God in his life. Why? Because God had told him to go to the other side. And when God tells you to go to the other side, guess where you're going to end up? On the other side. And I don't know what's going on in your life, and I don't know what storm's blowing, and I don't know what you're facing, but what I do know is that when God sets you out in this thing, he's going to get you to the other side. And yes, there may be a storm, and yes, there may be a a rocky sea, but when Jesus stands up in the midst of it, the plan is still the plan. And his plan is still a good plan, because that's what his word says. I remember I took, we took off on a flight to Bolivia one time. I had my assistant and her husband were sitting in the row on the airplane, and, and I had my head laid back on the seat, and I don't know what was going on with the pilot, but we had a pretty good drop. And in that drop, um, I mean, the plane just went this way, and the stewardess went this way, and there was cokes on the ceiling, and, and she hit the top of the airplane, and... My assistant grabbed my leg and her husband's leg, and she got all the way down to the bone, too. I mean, she, man, she got there. And, uh, and I had my head back, and when I set up, she, and some lady behind me started speaking in tongues. I don't know what she was doing back there. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. And, um, and, and so she looked at me, and she says, what's wrong with you? I said, I, I don't know what's, what's wrong. She says, this plane almost crashed and you're over there taking a nap. And I said, well, God told me to go to Bolivia. And I don't care what this plane does, it's going to land in Bolivia because that's where God told me to go. I was getting off the plane and I said to the lady behind me, I said, ma'am, what church do you go to? She goes, I don't go to church. I said, honey, you were speaking in tongues. She got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost just in a... 
a little plane ministry going on there. How does that peace happen? That's not something I can work up. It's only in knowing that the plan of God, no matter what you face in this life, no matter what you're going through, God's going to fulfill his destiny in your life. And it's not over until he says it's over. And it's not done until he says it's done. So in Jesus, we have reason to hope. Jesus said to the disciples, oh, you have little faith. And they marveled that the storm listened to him. Another aspect of that story is the simple fact that they realized and had confessed Jesus was the Son of God. They were in the boat with the Son of God. And they had acknowledged that they were in the boat with the Son of God. And yet when the storm came, they forgot that he was the Son of God. And how many times in our life do the little setbacks or maybe even sometimes the big setbacks cause us to forget that Jesus is in the boat with us? It's it's amazing to me what little things can set people back. Some of you get a flat tire going home. You're going to lose your salvation. You're going to be kicking tires and saying things you should not say. You're going to look like a crazy man or a crazy woman on the side of the road. You'll get out of that, kick their car and say, my God, I'd never had nothing. My dad never had nothing. Your mouth will go 100 miles per hour. And what lives in your mouth lives in your life. Somehow you have forgotten that Jesus is in the boat. Isn't it amazing what little thing can happen that can cause us to go into a tailspin, whether it's a storm, whether it's the wind, whether it's a, a problem in our life. We have to continually remind ourselves that Jesus is the reason that we have hope in the midst of our situation. And that even in the midst of darkness, he's the light. He's our hope. Hope doesn't increase because of a favorable circumstance in life, nor does it decrease because of unfavorable ones. Hope resides in us in the person of Christ. In other words, I don't have to have good circumstances to have joy because Christ is the joy in me. Colossians chapter 1 and I'm just going to skip for sake of time. He said, and in verse 27, to whom God was willing to make known his riches and glory, the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's no other religion in the world. They will tell you to follow somebody. They will tell you to listen to their teachings. They will tell you to read their teachings, but this is the only thing. This is the only truth that when we accept Christ, he comes in us and he is the hope of glory. Jesus is always in your boat. Come on, somebody help me. He's always in your life. And his in you, him in you is your hope. And not only is it your hope, it's the hope that people see in you. When's the last time when there was a storm going on in your life that you stand up in your boat and say, peace, be still? Not because of who you are, but because of the God that's in you. Not because you're somebody, but because you know somebody 
who's given you authority to be somebody. Come on, somebody help me preach this. Some of y'all going through some things, and it's time that you say, hey, I realize I've been acting like God ain't even in my boat. I've been acting like God's done forgotten about my finances. I, I've been acting like God's done forgot about my marriage. I, I've been acting like God's done forgot about my job situation. I've been acting like God's done forgot about my discouragement and my defeat. I'm telling you, he's in the boat today. He's in you, and when he's in you, you are the hope of glory. It all started when God said, I love this world. I'm sending my son. And Jesus said, I'll go. And the word became flesh, and it dwelled among them. And according to Colossians, it now dwells within us. The word of God, the life of God, the son of God. That's what changes us, that's what gives us hope, that's what causes us to be the hope to others. What a perfect time for the church to stand up and be the church. Like any other time in history, there's no greater moment for the church to stand up for truth than it is today when people are so desperately searching for it. So our hope is found in him. He's the light in the midst of our darkness and he's the hope of glory within us so that people can see him shine through us. My question to you is where's your hope? Has Christmas provided the means in which you can see your way and your connection to God? Is it, what, is it your way of resting and, and in his comfort and in his peace and receiving his eternal life. As a follower of God, are you placing your trust in Jesus and your hope in him no matter what circumstance or no matter what you may be experiencing at this moment? Because I believe when we put our hope in Jesus and when we stand firm upon his word that God always shows up. 